You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Well, welcome and good morning, South Bay Church. My name is Dave Atkins, and I have the uh, honor and the privilege of being able to bring you to the lesson today. Now, before we get started, last time I spoke, there was a little confusion because I was wearing a black shirt, and I had worn a black shirt the first time I spoke. So, as you notice, today I'm wearing a gray shirt. I also have uh, a quarantined beard, which I didn't have last time. And I'm also wearing a University of Nevada Wolfpack Wolfhead. So you can be assured that this is the most current lesson on First Peter. Uh, and also, you may notice I'm recording this from Brian Craig's backyard with appropriate social distancing. So having covered that, let's go ahead and get started. And I'm going to go ahead and take this hat off. So last week, Steve, uh, for Mother's Day, did a great lesson. Uh, talked about uh, suffering for Christ. He talked about how even through our suffering, we can still be blessed. Uh, he covered the uh, second half of First Peter chapter 4. And so uh, this morning, I'm going to circle back and look at the first half of 1 Peter chapter 4. So let's go ahead and start there. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter 4. We'll start reading in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. So when he talks about he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. What is he talking about? Well, I think Peter also has a similar thought in chapter 2. If you look a page back in chapter 2, verse 24, he says, He himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. So what Peter is saying in both of these verses is that because of the suffering of Jesus, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we have now died to sin. Sin no longer has power over us. We can live a new life. Those of us that have been baptized and received the Holy Spirit, we now have the power of God to live the way that God wants us to live. We've been set free from the power of God. We've been set free to live the, God, the life that God wants us to live. As he says in, verse, in chapter 2, we have been set free to live for righteousness. And he says in chapter 4, we have been set free to live for the will of God. And then Peter goes on in, in uh, verse 3 of chapter 4 and reminds the Christians what their life was like before they had received this power. He says in verse 3, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they will heap and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So Peter reminds them, this is what your life was like before you had the power to change. And even those that you used to know back in the old days are now making fun of you. And it's the same for us. You know, what, were you, what was your life like before you became a Christian? You know, think about you lived for yourself or all those different things. But now because of the suffering of Christ, because of the sacrifice of Christ, 
we can now live a new life. And your old life has been forgiven and is gone. And now we're able to really live for the will of God. So what does it mean to live for the will of God? Well, a simple definition is doing God's will is more important to you than doing your own will. God's priorities are now your priorities. Instead of thinking what is best for you or what you would like, instead we think about what is it that God wants me to do. That's living for God's will. And what does this mean practically? How do we put this into our lives? Well, I think Peter gives us some different things to look at in the next few verses, you know, and we'll, and we'll look at a few of those right now. So look in verse 7. He starts off in verse 7. He says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. You know, he's, he says the end of all things is near. Now, when we hear that statement today in our present crisis, you know, it, it kind of can bring up a lot of different feelings. You know, when we hear this, we can, you know, think of all kinds of things. People, you know, maybe you're feeling like, you know, with this crisis now, you know, does this mean the world's going to end? Does this mean the apocalypse? Does this mean, you know, massive destruction and all this kind of stuff? You know, the end of, the end of all things is near can kind of bring some of those thoughts. But remember, when Peter wrote this, he wrote it 2,000 years ago. So 2,000 years ago, he said, the end is near. You know, and today we're reading it, the end is near. So I think near is a relative term. Uh, I think what Peter's trying to tell us and what God wants us to understand is that we should live our lives today as if our end is near. You know, and the truth is we're not guaranteed tomorrow, are we? Uh, we can be gone at any time. You know, we don't like to think about that a lot of times, uh, but it's really true. And I think even this crisis that we're, we, we're going through right now, I think it has, you know, shown us really how our life can change so drastically in a short amount of time. Uh, think about how things were and how things are now. Just a huge drastic changes in our lifestyle, and it happened quickly. I think this crisis has also made us aware of our own mortality. You know, we, we, I'm sure many of us have thought about that. You know, this virus can strike anybody. You know, no one right now is really immune. It, it can hit young or old or whatever. And, you know, people have died from all ages from it. So it makes, so this crisis has sort of put our mortality uh, more real to us. And so I think the end is near we, causes us to think about, you know, where, how are we really living our life? Now, I don't think that phrase is really meant to make us live in fear all the time, like we're so afraid we're going to die or something like that. Um, but I think what God wants us to do is have the perspective that, you know what, my, my life is not guaranteed here. My life is short in the span of things. How am I living my life right now? Am I really living it for the will of God? You know, I think some of the questions we should think about is, you know, how am I living my life? You know, am I living it like I feel like I'm going to live forever? Or do I realize, really, my time is short and I need to make the most of what I'm doing? Am I living in a way that's going to please God? Or am I really living to please myself? How am I treating people? You know, think about it. Am I... If I knew that this was my last day, would I treat people any differently than I am right now? Something to think about. You know, 
What things are really important to me? What am I putting my time and my energy in? Am I putting all my efforts into things that are perishable, that aren't going to last? Or am I really focusing on spiritual things and things that are imperishable? I think they're all, these are all fair questions for us to ask. To think about, you know, when we think about the end is near, how am I really living my life? And so Peter goes on in verse 7, the second half of verse 7, he says, Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Again, he talks about something that he talked about in the first chapter, being clear-minded and being self-controlled. In chapter 1, he, he words it this way in verse 13, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. So, in both those passages, Peter is emphasizing our thinking and emphasizing being self-controlled. And when we looked at chapter 1 a few weeks ago, you know, we talked about how with this scary time, the temptation is for our minds to go in a lot of crazy ways. A lot of, we can think about a lot of crazy things. And I think the, the admonition for us is to you know, be self-controlled in your thinking. Don't let your thoughts go crazy. And I think we talked about that a few weeks ago, but it's still relevant right now. Now we're a couple months into this pandemic, you know, and we, maybe we thought it wasn't going to last that long or whatever, but the call is still to be self-controlled in your thinking and not let your mind go to places that are not beneficial or not really productive. Let's look at verse 8. He says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. You know, this is where I'm going to spend the majority of our time, is looking at this verse, love each other deeply. I want to spend a little time really talking about what that means and, and how we can apply that. You know, what Peter says, first of all, he says, above all, you must love each other deeply. You know, above all means this is the most important thing. You know, Peter is saying, you know, you have all this stuff, but above all, the most important thing is that you love each other deeply. You know, and I, th I think Peter learned that from Jesus. You think about when Jesus was on the earth, how he emphasized loving each other. You know, Peter was there when Jesus told the disciples, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. In John 13, Peter was there when Jesus said that. He remembers that, I'm sure. He was there when somebody asked, asked Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And what did Jesus reply in Matthew 22? He said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what's the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. So Peter knows that love is paramount. Love is the most important thing. And so he says, above all, brothers and sisters, you must love each other deeply. So let's think about the idea of, do I love others deeply? I think, you know, all of us can feel like, yeah, you know, I love people. I, I love, you know, my fellow man. But when you talk about, do I love deeply, that's sort of another thought. That's sort of taking it on a different level. That's a little more challenging. Maybe a better question would be if we asked people close to you, would they say that you love them deeply? You know, that could be a, maybe a challenging question. You know, the opposite to me of deep is shallow. 
And I think in many ways our world today is very shallow. We don't go deep a lot. We, we, we don't like to get deep into things as a general rule. We like things quick. We like things fast. You know, think about our technology. You know, we have our phones. We, we, get, we get facts quickly. We get little update. We look at news headlines. And a lot of times we just see the headline. We don't really look at the whole body of the picture or whatever. Uh, you know, sound bites are short. You know, we have a short attention span. We, we're shallow in some ways. You know, even Twitter, right? It only has, I think it's only 140 characters. And you can't really do an in-depth thing on Twitter. You only have 140 characters to use. Maybe it's expanded a little bit, but it, it's short. Not a place we can go deep with it. You know, I think even video, some video apps, I'm not, you know, techy that much, but I think like TikTok or different things like that, I think there's even a limit on how long the videos you can make, 20 seconds or something. And if things get too long or too complicated, a lot of times we say, I just don't have time for that. And so I think as a general rule, you know, our society in a lot of ways can be very shallow. And the, and the thought of going deep or loving deeply can be a challenge for us. Because if we're going to really love people deeply on a deep level, it takes work. We can't do it quickly. It, it, we can't do it in 20 seconds. It's something we have to work at. It doesn't come naturally to us in, in a lot of ways. We have to be intentional about it. And as I think about this idea of how we can love one another deeply, I, I really thought, you know, I want to share some of the things that I think that we're learning and we're seeing through this pandemic, through this crisis we've been in in the last couple of months, I think there's things that we have seen and we can learn from that will that can apply uh, to apply to helping us learn to love each other deeply. So I got four things I want to share with you, areas that we can look at that I think will help us learn how to love each other on a deeper level. The first one is time. You know, getting deep in relationships it means it takes time. We have to spend time together, you know, lots of time to really talk and get down to a deep level. When we think about one of the consequences of this pandemic is what? Our lifestyle for most of us has slowed down a lot. We've had to stay home. We're unable to go out and do all the things we used to do, all the activities we were rushing around here and there. We're forced to stay home. We're forced to you know, get rid of a lot of those things and just spend large amounts of times at home. I think about parents, you know, with kids. You know, think about it. In the last few months or a couple months when, when this whole thing has started, haven't you spent more time with your kids than maybe you ever have before? And maybe even before all this started, you felt like, man, I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I had more time with the kids. But man, I've got so many things going on. You know, I, I've got work. I come home from work. I got to make dinner or, or do errands. And then I've got to, you know, by the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. I just, there's just not enough hours in the day. There's not enough time to spend with kids like I really want to. But I think we've seen that through this thing, we've had more time to spend with our family. And I think that that's a good thing. And I think we need to realize, you know, spending time with our kids is important. Spending time with our roommates, if you don't have kids, that helps build deeper relationships. You know, and again, thinking about parents, I mean, you know, we, Mary and I had four kids. And, you know, one of the things with, with parents is you can never get time back with your kids. They grow up fast. I mean, all our kids are grown. They're out of the house. Uh, and your kids, even if they're younger now, they're going to grow up. They're going to be gone one day. 
Uh, now, there may be a part of you that's like, yay, you know, but the truth is you can never get this time back. You know, when your kids grow older, you never go back to have them when they're little or whatever. And so take advantage of this time. You know, one of the things when we had our kids growing up, I mean, one of the things that Mary and I did was we did spend a lot of time with our kids. Um, we spent a lot of time as a family and it really helped make our family stronger. It meant going to a lot of little league games. It meant busy on Saturday. It meant, you know, going to a lot of school events. It meant going to a lot of band events. One of our sons was in the marching band. And so we did a lot of things with that. But I wouldn't change that for anything. And I value and I appreciate those times, you know, and, I, and miss them sometimes about just doing stuff as a family. And I think it made our family a lot stronger. So how does this affect us? How can we learn how to love one another deeply? Well, we got to realize loving each other deeply is going to involve time. There's no substitute for spending time with those that you really want to build relationships with. It's true for our kids, but it's true for any relationship. Uh, we have to find time to spend together. We have to make people a priority. And even when we go back to whatever normal is going to look like, you know, through this time, let's remember we still got to make sure we can find time to spend with our kids, find, find time to spend with our spouse, find time to spend with our relationships, with our roommates, whoever. There's no substitute for time. Second area I thought about that we can help in our relationships to go deeper is common ground. You know, and so what I mean by that is one of the things that keeps us from really getting close to people or maybe a particular person or some of the things that help that hinder us getting on a deeper level is the differences we have with somebody. You know, we're just we look at things differently or we're two different types of people or, you know, they're into that and I'm into this or they like this and I like that. And we just we just don't see different things. And so it prevents us from really getting a deeper relationship with that person. And we end up getting to where all we can see is differences instead of areas where we have common ground. And again, through this crisis, I've seen how really how much we have in common with each other. You know, this pandemic has affected the whole world. I mean, for, for, for the most part, everybody on the earth has had to shelter at home for a time. Doesn't matter if you're in India, Europe, you know, South America, Africa, wherever, all over the world, you've got people having to do the same thing, stay in, not go out, avoid public places. You know, I, I uh, take an online course uh, trying to get my master's degree, and we have these discussion boards where, with, where the students can interact. You know, in this last class that I had, which just ended a couple weeks ago, you know, we had a, I had a student in there who was from uh, New Zealand, and I had one who was from Malaysia. You know, and so our interaction through the internet was, you know, they were talking about how they had to shelter at home and how that was affecting their family and things, you know, in New Zealand and also in Malaysia. So all of us have that in common. We're all in the same boat with this. And it, 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 I also think about how it's affected, you know, everybody, you know, no matter where you live, but even no matter what social class you're in, you, you know, famous people are stuck at home. You know, people that have a lot of money, they're still stuck at home. People that don't have any money, they're stuck at home. My point is we, we were all in the same boat. We all have a lot in common. 
So how can we apply this to loving each other deeply is look for common ground with your relationships. If you're having a hard time getting close to someone, don't focus on the differences. Look for the things you have in common with them. All of us need love. All of us need compassion. All of us need to be validated in some way. We all have, we have that, we all have that all in common. All of us have insecurities. All of us have uh, fears. We have uncertainties. We all, we all, that is something we all have in common. So as we try to work on our relationships to get deeper, look for common things you have with them and don't focus so much on the differences. Third area I thought about was creativity. You know, if you want to get deeper with people, we've got to learn to be creative. Do different things. Uh, you know, don't ask the same questions. You know, how are you doing? Doing well, whatever, you know. Uh, we got to be open to finding new things to get deeper. Uh, don't just do the same old, same old. You're going to stay at a certain level, but to get deeper, you got to be creative. And really, isn't uh, this whole crisis taught us about creativity? I mean, crying out loud, we've had to learn to be creative in so many ways. There's so many examples. Uh, you know, even church, you know. We've had to do church differently than we're normal. You know, now we're streaming. Now I'm speaking to you, uh, even though you're not in the room with me. Um, we've had to learn how to do that. You know, and I so appreciate, you know, the Craig family uh, with our technical expertise, Marshall and Brian, that we're able to do that. But we've had to be creative and learn how to have church together. We've had to learn how to have our Bible talk groups meet together. We can't meet at somebody's home now. We meet through Zoom. We meet through technology like that. How many of you, me included, even knew what Zoom was before that? Never even heard of it until a couple months ago. You know, but now, you know, I have my own Zoom account. I know how to set up a meeting. I know how to mute people. Uh, I know how to, I, even a couple weeks ago, we had a meeting and I, I even shared my screen. You know, so I'm pretty much a Zoom expert. Uh, so, you know, we're learning how to be creative and use things like that. We even had a talent show on Zoom, you know, last week, you know, we had a talent show on Zoom, creative. We've had to learn, another example, we had to learn how to be creative to celebrate special occasions, celebrate birthdays. You know, in the past, we'd have a birthday party, everybody gets together, you know, has cake, hoops and hollers and whatnot. Now we can't get together, so we are creative. What do we do? We have drive-by birthday parties. So now the birthday person stands on the yard and people drive by and honk their horn and you know, whatever they do, you know, do all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've learned how to, you know, play games through the internet, uh, through FaceTime. You know, Mary and I, we've actually played Trivial Pursuit with our son and daughter-in-law who live in the Bay Area. So we played through FaceTime, we played Trivial Pursuit. You know, they had a board in their place and we had a board and so we're asking questions and we had a great time. And uh, we stand at one-to-one, so, you know, we won one, they won one. Um, you know, so I, it's kind of irritating when they win, but, you know, amen. Uh, helps them be humble. Um, we may have even had to be creative in the things that we eat because maybe the store is out of what we normally eat. So we got to think, man, i got to find something else to eat. We've had to be creative in that. We may have even had to be creative in what we actually cook. You know, maybe you only have like one go-to meal. And, you know, how many times can you have macaroni and cheese? You're going to have to be creative and branch out and, you know, throw in a hot dog or something. So we've had to be creative and we've, you know, we've had to be creative and some people have done care packages and, and drop things off to people just as a way to stay connected. So my point is 
We can all be creative if we try. And loving people on a deeper level involves being creative. It involves being willing to try new things, to don't just do the same old thing, but try to go in a deeper direction. And we're learning how to do that with our current situation so we can learn how to be creative to help our relationships deeper. The fourth area is just appreciation. You know, another way to really build our relationships deeper, to love each other deeper, is to really show appreciation for the other person. You know, how often do you tell someone, you know, I really appreciate you, that you actually verbalize that? How often do you say, you know, I've, you always have a smile, you're always encouraging, you're, I never see you in a bad mood, I really appreciate that. Or maybe, you know, I've seen how you've gone through trials, but you're always faithful, you're all, you never complain or whatever it is. Showing appreciation is, a way to really connect us with people on a deeper level. And again, when I think about what we've learned and seen through this time of crisis, haven't we learned how to be appreciative of people, especially people that we have maybe taken for granted or we've overlooked? We've learned how to really appreciate them. You know, I think the first ones that come to mind are healthcare professionals. We've learned to be, man, how appreciative we are for the doctors, the nurses, the first responders, healthcare professionals, all these ones that are treating patients that have the virus and are every day in their job putting themselves at risk by being around people that they could potentially be infected by. You know, before, you know, you know I know for me, I just, you know, when I get sick, I go to the doctor, get a prescription, come home. I don't think about it that much. I've learned, man, we got to appreciate the health professionals so much more than I did before. I just took it for granted a lot of times. But not just them. How about so many other groups of people that we've learned to appreciate that we may have overlooked or, or, or just taken for granted? Grocery clerks. You know, who would have thought? But we realized, man, you know, we need grocery clerks. We can get food. But they're coming to work and they're going to be exposed to a number of different people but we appreciate them doing that because it helps us, right? Uh, delivery drivers, people that work for Instagram. Our daughter Shannon does that. I appreciate that. You know, we're, we can relate to that. You know, she's out there delivering things for people. People that work, you know, in the fields growing crops. You know, these industries that are essential that we can't do without. A lot of times we don't even know what they are, but, uh, you know, those people are not able to stay home safe. They have to take some risk with their jobs. Um, people that are working in factories, manufacturing sites, you know, putting together the toilet paper that we need or the paper towels or the cleansers, you know, those people, I, I think we've come to a new appreciation for realizing all these people out there that we, we didn't even were aware of, but now we're super appreciative of what they do because it helps us in this time of crisis. And that, not even to mention teachers, think about how grateful you are, those of you with kids, how grateful you are for your teachers. Uh, you know, I've seen things on the internet, like I don't know what we're paying teachers, but we're not paying them enough. <laughs> they all need a raise. We, I mean, we, they do, they, they're worth their weight in gold. A greater appreciation for teachers. So how does this help us love one another deeper? I think we need to learn to appreciate one another and verbalize that. We need to think about, you know, what it is about this relationship, what about your friend that you really appreciate? Spend some time thinking about it. Uh, you know, appreciating how God made them, maybe the gifts that God has given them. 
uh, appreciate things they've done for you, how they've been there for you, uh, and, and, and mention that to them. Uh, let's show appreciation for one another. That will help our relationships get so much deeper and love each other deeply like Peter is calling us to. Get ready to close here in a little bit. I want to just finish off the last uh, section here. If you look in chapter, or excuse me, uh, verse, verse 9, he says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever he, gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, he says here in, in, uh, in, in chapter, in verse 10, each one of us should use whatever gifts he has to serve others. So when we think about living for the will of God, it involves using the gifts that God has given us to serve others. You know, and when I thought about this, I thought, you know, really what this is, is that God just wants us to be ourselves. You know, God has given us who we are. He's given us gifts. Just be yourself. Just use what God's given you to serve others. You know, too often we try to be things we're not. We try to be someone we're not. A lot of us, I'm included, you know, may have a low opinion of yourself. You're like, man, I just don't like the way I am. I wish I was somebody else. Uh, you know, and so we try to do things. We try to act certain ways that, that aren't really us. Or we try to act certain ways that we think people want, expect of us. And we usually end up just not being happy and getting all messed up with that. God has made you unique. He has made you the way he wanted you. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have things you need to work on. doesn't mean you don't have sin. doesn't mean you, need to re that you don't need to repent and work on those things. But what it does mean is that you have value, that God has made you a valuable person, that you are valuable in God's sight. And he has given you certain gifts, certain things that only you can do for others. So that's what you need to be. Be yourself. Be what God has made you to be. Use your gifts to serve others. God has made you for a purpose that only you can forgive, for, uh, fulfill. So whatever you have, whatever gifts you have, use that to serve God and to serve others. That's what it means to live for God's will. So I want to now sort of uh, transition and get our minds ready to take the Lord's Supper. And as I think about uh, this, the verse we read, let's go back to verse 1 at the beginning of the chapter. He says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he, he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. You know, when we think about the Lord's Supper, when we take this time right now to meditate on the cross, we're thinking about Christ's suffering, and we're thinking about his sacrifice. We're thinking about what he did so that we could be forgiven of our sins, and also that we could have the power of sin broken in our lives so that we could have the opportunity to live the kind of life that he wants us to live. And all these things we were talking about, because of Jesus' sacrifice, our old life is gone. We now live a new life. We're able to live the will of God. We're able to have the power to live the will of God. We're able to really learn how to love each other deeply. 
We have the ability to do that through the Spirit. We have the ability to make our relationships better than they ever have been, to love each other on a deep level, to go beyond a shallow surface relationship. Because of the cross of Christ, we're able to get deep with one another and really meet, have them meet our deep needs and, and to meet theirs. And because of the cross, we also have gifts that God has given us. We're able to be free. We're able to be ourselves. We're able to be to do what God wants us to do. We're able to use what he's given us to serve others. You know, and there's a great freedom in that. All of that comes because of Christ's suffering and his sacrifice. You know, and so as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, let's think about that. Maybe think about how your old life was and how you've been forgiven of that and how no how you no longer have to live like that. But now you're able to live through God's Spirit a new life. Maybe you just appreciate how much your relationships have grown because of what Christ has done for you. Whatever, whatever strikes your heart, meditate on that as we pray and take the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for uh, your son, for his sacrifice. I'm so grateful that he was willing to come down on earth uh, to live a sinless life, to be a perfect sacrifice, uh, to go to the cross and die for myself and all of us. And uh, I'm so grateful that because of that, my sins are forgiven. I have a home in heaven because of that. But not only that, I have the Holy Spirit and I'm able to live the kind of life that you want me to live. Thank you so much, God, for Jesus' sacrifice. We pray all this through his name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 